Okay, so another day, and this may come as a shock to you, but believe it or not, Apple has not only another EU antitrust complaint made, but the EU have opened two separate investigations into Apple. Uh, Facebook is also refusing to pay for Australian news content. Um, it's coming off the backs of a new Australian legislation that would supposedly make people like Facebook pay to include links to Australian advertisers on their sites. Um, yeah, kind of weird legislation in my opinion, but anyway. And Dropbox has officially launched its own password manager and secure vault for your files. Um, yeah, those are kind of the main top stories for today. I guess we should get started. Welcome to the Dynamic Digital World. I'm Link. Okay, so let's go with today's top story. I'm going to try and make this square because it is two, technically two stories kind of rolled into one. Um, so I'll try and do this one as quickly as possible. Rakuten, an ebooks company, has launched a complaint against Apple and as a result of multiple of these complaints now having been filed, the EU is opening up investigations into multiple ways that Apple, that Apple works on multiple things. More on what being investigated will entail themselves in a bit. But let's get started with what Rakuten's Kobo uh, subsidiary complaint is. So it's basically complaining about the 30% fee on ebooks in the App Store. Now, this is alleging it's anti competitive for them to take this commission whilst promoting its own Apple Book service. This is similar to what Spotify filed last year as. The complaint from Spotify said a very similar thing about Apple charging a fee for a fee for others, whilst Apple Music being built in. This is, and Netflix have also fought against this again. It's yeah, it's quite a well-known thing if you're kind of looking into these things. Another thing though is that Apple also has an exemption for this sort of thing which allows Amazon Prime Video to bypass this when selling individual movies and TV show rentals. So this is rentals and not, so that's only for rentals, not selling a whole show. Now, there's also claims that the App Store is a monopoly and the DOJ, Department of Defense and FTC, Federal Trade Commission, began examining big tech antitrust violations. Apple has been fined by $1.2 billion by French antitrust authorities for restricting how wholesalers can sell Apple products. As far as we're, I'm aware, Rakuten is the third co- company to file an antitrust complaint against Apple. Tile has also sent a letter to European co- Competition Commissioner Margaret Vestager last month accusing Apple of anti-competitive behaviour due to the way that Bluetooth settings are enabled that for third-party tracking products or disadvantaged rather towards third-party tracking products in favour of Apple's own Find My. This is especially concerning 
as Apple is rumoured to be releasing an AirTag branding later this year and this was even leaked earlier this year. This is coming just days after a new study found that Apple is apparently or Apple's App Store apparently is responsible for 519 billion US dollars in estimated total billings and sales for both physical products and services as well as digital goods in 2019. However, this study did not break, did not show how much revenue Apple generates through the 30% Apple tax. However, it highlights the 61 billion in sales and billings from digital goods and services alone. So that's digital goods and services alone, $61 billion. Again, we're not sure how much of this is 30% air tax, Apple tax, but that is a lot of money regardless. Uh, the second part of this story is about the EU has opened antitrust investigation into two parts of Apple's business. The first one is the Apple App Store, in line with stifling consumer choice and Apple Pay practices as well. So the first one is following complaints by Spotify and Rakuten over the 30% cut on subscriptions and ebooks, as I just said. They want to make sure Apple's rules do not distort competition in markets where Apple is competing with other app developers. For example, streaming music with Apple Music or ebooks with Apple Books. This is coming from Margaret Flessager, the head of the EU's antitrust division. I'm really sorry if I got that name wrong. And also, and she also says that she decided to take a close look at Apple's outdoor rules and their compliance with EU competition rules. Personally, I won't be surprised if this is found as guilty and if some changes do have to come about due to this. As Spotify did claim that they use the App Store to stifle innovation and limit consumer choice in favour of Apple Music. This is again a very similar complaint to Rakuten, except instead of it being um, the music side of things, it's the ebook side of things. Alongside this investigation, the EU is also going to look at Apple Pay to assess whether they again violate competition rules with their limit of who can use near-field communication technology on the iPhone and Apple Watch. Now currently Apple Pay is the only provider allowed to use this in um, on the iPhone. On an Android phone if you use a product that can do it and you prove it's secure then you're allowed to and you're good to go. Um, this could possibly, if it does again, Need to changes allow to allow you to have another service. So, for example, we could see a port of Google Pay brought over to the App Store, and we could see one of Samsung Pay brought over to the App Store. Personally, I think these would be nice to see, just to give me a bit of choice in who I go with. I would probably go with Apple Pay if I had an iPhone, just out of ease of access. I don't have to download another app, but. The fact is, I shouldn't be limited to using Apple Pay. If I'm coming from an Android phone and I've got everything set up in my Google account in terms of my payment methods and everything, I'm just moving over to a uh, Apple device for the first time. 
then I would like to just be able to download Google Pay, sign in with my Google account, have my card details set up, put in my security code, pay using Google Pay. It just seems that this should be allowed. However, Apple said that this could be half that this dark quote could be harmful to user friendliness, data protection, and security of financial information. End quote. They have also said in that start quote, it's disappointing the European Commission is advancing baseless complaints from a handful of companies who simply want a free ride and don't want to play by the same rules as everyone else. We don't think that's right. We want to maintain a level playing field where anyone with determination and a great idea can succeed. End quote. If you want a level playing field, personally, just allow others to put apps on your store that take advantage of the tap and pay functionality and also allow a setting of defaults. Now, they say that they are welcome to see the European Commission prove this. So, you know, if this is the case, there's a lot of rumours about Apple possibly allowing default apps to be changed in iOS 14. If they do that, then I think I can see almost every single one of these complaints going away, apart from the Apple Pay and obviously the Apple Tax investigations. But there will be a lot less to stand on in terms of consumer choice, as consumers will now be able to set things as default apps. Personally, I think that should be allowed, but it is Apple's ecosystem. So they do have a few rules that they can set. But Spotify had described it as a good day. And start a quote, we welcome the European Commission decision to formally investigate Apple and hope they'll act with urgency to ensure fair competition on the iOS platform for all participants in the digital economy. End quote. To me, it seems that we probably won't find out about this for a good few months. Remember, the EU has been investigating this for a year on Spotify's complaint alone, so we can expect at least another year, if not two or three years, to find out more about this. But as news does come in, I will try and keep you updated. So that's that story. Our second story of the day is going to be about Facebook refusing to pay for Australian news content. So let's get started. Okay, so our second story today is courtesy of Engadget. Again, I always seem to forget to say the first one. That one was courtesy of The Verge, or both of those were courtesy of The Verge, I should say. Fifth one courtesy of Engadget. Facebook refuses to pay for Australian news content. Why? Okay, here's a question for you. You are providing these companies with free advertisement. Or maybe not free, maybe they have to pay for it. I don't see why you should have to pay a company for giving people a link to their content. Like if, you know, you can make it up to them and you can make them bid for it, but I don't think you should have to pay them for advertising their content. If you're, okay, there are reasons why I can't do this, obviously being a thing, but you know, I just don't see why you should, why when they're giving them advertising space, 
we should have to pay them for to give them the privilege of advertising space on their app if you get what i mean this is apparently going to make it mandatory for social networks and also google to pay news outlets when they use their content now this was first announced back in april that they were going to have to pay news content pay for news content back in april and it was supposed to be voluntary until the covid19 pandemic affected ad revenues and the ACC, ACCC realised the companies were unlikely to pay of their own accord. Now, yeah, I just, I don't know. I find this a bit, a bit, uh, I find this whole thing a bit ridiculous to be honest. So, Facebook are saying that they're going to stop including Australian news content on their app as they believe they are highly sustainable with other content and that news does not drive significant long-term value for its business. To be honest, that's probably true, especially for Facebook. Google, I can believe, need it a bit more, but obviously, you know, Facebook, they're a social media company, they don't need that much. Uh, Facebook did say that it's essentially subsidizing, subsidizing, subsidizing the competitors. It told the organisation that they're competing for advertising revenue and that it's neither healthy nor sustainable for two private companies to be, start quote, solely responsible for supporting a public good and solving the challenges faced by the Australian media industry. End quote. Now, despite Facebook's reveal debate, it does say that they will continue to ramp up direct financial contributions to the news industry. France had previously ordered Google to pay for news snippets a couple of months ago. Google did, however, remove snippets altogether. In my opinion, this whole idea is ridiculous. I'm just going to come out and say it. This idea that Google and Facebook should have to pay other companies for providing a link to their service. Like, just think about it for a second. They are providing, so Google, Google is going to be providing Australian, so Google will be paying Australian news companies for links on their own website so right this is really confusing basically for an Australian it's really confusing actually to me so it's really hard to explain basically if Google wants news on the Google search page they will have to pay the media company who owns that story for providing a link to that media company's content. So it's like the opposite of paid for ad spaces. We pay you for you to put an ad on our thing. So Google is paying, it being, so Australian news outlets will be paid by Google so that those Australian news outlet outlets can 
have their stories made more available without having to go directly to the website. And that's a very similar thing to what's going on in France. I personally think it's a bunch of, you know, I just don't think it's worth it, to be honest. Like, at the moment, it's free. Yeah, simple. Google puts your results on their search engine. As long as people search for it and they click on you, then hey, people go to your website. But they're now expecting Google and Facebook to subsidise the Australian media. It's basically what this is. And it's not optional, it's mandatory. I just can't see why you would force a company to subsidise your own country's media. Yeah, I just don't, I don't know, to be honest. You know, if this is how it works, then hey, this is how it's going to work. But Facebook themselves are saying that they will be taking all Australian news content off of their platform. However, also ramping up uh, contributions to the news industry. Yeah, that kind of all there is for that story, you know. It kind of then want to save their news industry, which I understand, but also, yeah. Okay, so that's kind of that story. It wasn't actually, it wasn't really a very big story, but it's a story nonetheless. Our final story today is about Dropbox, a company I definitely haven't heard about for a while, launching a password manager and a vault. So let's get started. Okay, so today's final story is about Dropbox. More specifically, how they uh, have officially announced their password manager and secure vault. These are a couple of new new updates that have just been announced today. So apparently, it's a bunch of new features. So they are very security focused. The password manager was apparently spotted earlier this month, and a vault for files for storing documents like birth certificates, so naturally very specific, very important things. The password manager is is called, and this is a very original name, Dropbox Password. It's very similar to 1Password or LastPass, except you use your Dropbox account credentials. The release of this follows the acquisition of Password Manager Vault last year by Dropbox. And part of the, re- the reason that the company built a, network, a native password management feature is that it observed password management is one of, the mo- one of the most dominant use cases for Dropbox today. That's actually quite interesting. So, people are apparently syncing their existing password management with Dropbox and also storing and managing their passwords. We're hope I'm hoping that's not in plain tax, but yes, people are storing their passwords on Dropbox. Now, this is also not at the same time they launched Dropbox Vault. This comes a while after, but not too long after Microsoft announced their own vault for their OneDrive service. Now, this will be secured with a six-digit PIN, and Dropbox says all files will be encrypted when uploaded and they'll 
sorry, uploaded, downloaded, and stored on Dropbox's servers. If you need to, if you need to selectively share access to your Dropbox vault in an emergency, you'll be able to doing that without opening up the whole account. Dropbox is also introducing a new service that allows you to automatically back up folders from your Mac or PC to Dropbox. So you'll be able to pick which folders Dropbox backs up, Dropbox backs up, backs up if you so choose. These are both available in beta today for all mobile users on Dropbox Plus. This is starting at $12 per month. This is not, as far as I'm aware, for basic people inside the passwords and vaults. However, the computer backup feature will be available in beta for basic, professional, and plus users starting today. Dropbox is also making HelloSign e-signature a native signature within Dropbox, so you can send, receive, and sign documents without leaving Dropbox. This again follows another acquisition from Dropbox of HelloSign last year. It will be available to a small subset of users in private beta in the coming weeks and available to all, all users as of next month. There's also going to be an app center to find third-party apps that work with Dropbox. If you, if you previously wanted to find those apps, you had to dig into your account settings so the goal is to give people a central place to find those apps. It will be available to a small subset, subset of users, again, in beta today, with 40 of the company's partners on platform, and broader availability will be coming later this year. And there's also a new family plan, which lets a family of six be involved under one billing plan. This is rolling out to Dropbox Plus users in the next few weeks and to all users later this year. It could see Dropbox kind of really announcing new features. Personally, I haven't heard a lot about Dropbox for a good a long time, actually, a very long time. So it's good to kind of hear a lot more about them just having a few new features, releasing a few new things. Obviously, you probably have announced a few things, I've missed it, but Definitely glad to see Dropbox isn't, hadn't died. I wasn't too sure, like, I knew it was obviously around, but I wasn't sure how popular it is. So, hopefully they're still going well. Uh, yeah, that's kind of all of today's main stories. Uh, hope you've enjoyed it. I will see you in tomorrow's episode. Until then, maybe go back and watch some of our previous episodes. Uh, there was also the PS5 reveal event on, I believe that episode was... Saturday, Saturday or Friday, I have done a lot of episodes since starting up this podcast, so you'll have to forgive me for forgetting. Uh, remember, this podcast is available basically everywhere, including Apple Podcasts now. I got the confirmation 24 hours ago. We are live. Meant to mention it yesterday, but didn't. We are on Apple Podcasts, so I know I did just say about Apple being a bit anti-competitive. If you use Apple Podcasts, Go follow me on there, please. If you're really kind, leave a good review on anything you can leave a review on. It really does help me be recommended to people in technology channels. But until about, I'll see you in the next episode. Until then, bye for now.